Good evening, everyone. Uh, you are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar, and this is Lag Radio. We are your source for all things video games. Uh, we are all about the chiptune idolatry. We are all about do-it-yourself art endeavors. And there's a whole lot else going on in this program that you're going to be getting very closely acquainted with shortly. This evening, we're covering episode four, which is Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, also known as Super Famicom. Is it episode four, or I thought it was episode three? Dang, three. Yeah, I'm getting three. It. yeah, I was just working on episode four this morning. Oh, this that's morning. why. You got it on the brain. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, the mother brain. <laughs> oh, there it is. The, the segue. There we go. The segue. There it is. <laughs> All right. So we're going to be covering Super Metroid this evening. Joined in the station tonight, we are uh, going to be co-hosting with Alex, of course. I don't have my Alex the Alex the question mark so far. Still working. I gotta think of something that starts with an A. Yes, we'll we'll get that. Maybe episode four. And we have a special guest. Special guest. Hi there, I'm Ken. I don't have a DJ name, but I guess I'll just go with my gamer tag, which is San Kenshin. All right. We got San Kenshin in the house. We got Alex the Alex. And uh, <laughs> and Marmar the Midboss here. We're going to be bringing you Super Metroid. We're going to be talking all sorts of things about it. We're not just going to be talking about reviews. That's one of the things, if you're new to the show, that uh, we try and not just do. We, we're not just about saying, is this game good or bad, and what about it is good and bad. We're going to be talking about the development. We're going to be talking about the history. We're going to be talking about the story. We're going to be talking about the soundtrack, of course, because we are a music show. And we're going to be presenting to you first this evening some of that music, some of that wonderful, wonderful music. So... To start off the evening, we're going to be listening to a song straight from the Super Metroid OST itself by Kenji Yamamoto and Minako uh, Hamano. He's been doing that music since, I mean, he did Metroid Prime's music, so he's Prime, still doing I it. it. Really? I think he did the original one too as well, I believe. Yeah? yeah. Yes. yes. That I know So, for like, sure. that's that is that's some good thing. stuff. Yeah. yeah. You're going to love it. This is going to be the destruction of the space colony to start the night off. After that, we're going to listen to an OC remix by Vig. It's called Zebizian. It's it's Zeb Zebes right Zebes Zeb. 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 yeah so Zebesian Midnight there you go uh, that is what we're gonna be listening to I always call it Zebes back from like Zebes for Weebs Zebes for Weebs oh, <laughs> that's, oh, that's how you remember not to say <laughs> all bad <laughs> so we'll listen to a uh, OC remix shortly after that and then we're gonna be getting into the meat and potatoes of the show if you wanna call in nine four nine eight two four five eight two four nine four nine UCI KUCI is usually the number to call however this is recorded in advanced so you might get someone who's not me probably not me. Um, but that's okay. We'll be back live next week. So hope you enjoy this nonetheless. Again, my name is Marmar the Midboss. We are joined by Alex and San Kinchin, and we are Lag Radio. See you in a bit. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Lag Radio here. My name is Marmar the Midboss. I'm joined by Alex and San Kinchin. We just got done listening to our first two songs of the evening. Most recently, a healthy length, seven minutes and fourteen seconds of a kind of like a like a Super Metroid suite of sorts, combined four different tracks from the original Super Metroid soundtrack: Brinstar, Red Soil, Wetland Area, Crade's Chamber, the opening, as well as Samus Aran's appearance, Fanfare, all into this one beautiful combination called Zebesian Midnight. It's off of ocremix.org. You can get it for free, along with many of the other tracks that we'll be playing in the first half or so of the show. 
Before that, we opened with an original track from the Super Metroid soundtrack, of course, originally from the Super Nintendo, uh, Kenji Yamamoto and Minako Hamano, the song Destruction of the Space Colony. So now that we've kind of set the tone of the evening, let's get into the actual history of the game. So first off, something I didn't know, it's actually game number three in the series. I don't know why. I thought Metroid, Super Metroid, and then... Super Duper Metroid. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I guess. Ultra, Mac, oh, oh, yeah. ultra version arcade edition Metroid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, championship edition. Yeah. <laughs> and Knuckles. Um, yeah. And Knuckles. <laughs> and uh, no, it's actually game number three. So it had uh, Metroid for the NES, and then there was Metroid 2, The Return of Samus. For the Game Boy. For the GB. Yeah. yeah and, the, and the intro goes through this. We'll get to that. But like the intro actually just kind of slow, like quickly recaps uh, the first and second Metroids. Mm-hmm. I think it was really good. Yeah, again, we'll get into it, but I think that was one of the more effective parts of it to to really give the movie sort of feel that the the developers were looking for. In like the that game, epic the announcer, the last Metroid has been captured. <laughs> yeah, the last has been captured. Oh yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> galaxy. And top piece. it off against the Coast Guard, little bit crushed. Like they were gonna get, they were gonna get like the announcer, and then they're just like, ah, oh, now we'll go with that guy because he yeah. worked for free. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was one of the Nintendo of America guys, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, w- I didn't look into that. I was curious who that yes, was. Yeah, we should have looked. Into it was that. A, it was a Nintendo of America guy, like one of the spokespeople from the American side of things that w- they were just like in communication with, and they said, "Hey, we'll put you in the game." And I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but that's this is how uh, Leslie is it Leslie Swan. That's how she became the voice of Peach. Oh, so, really? Yeah, she was a Nintendo of America. I think she's a uh, one of the uh, localizers, huh. and she just did the voice of Peach first and. Uh, Super, what was it? Mario 64, and then mm. now she's the voice of Peach. Dang. So that, yeah, that nice. stuff works out. The more you know. <laughs> How about that? So the game Super Metro was developed by Nintendo's oldest team, R&D 1, consisted of 17 total staff members in all, which was actually, it sounds very, very few by today's standards, right? Like mm-hmm. when you compare it to something a, like Grand Theft Auto 5 was over a 1,000 people yeah. involved in that yeah. project. But uh, it was actually rather large for a Super Nintendo team. Uh, it took a total of about half a year for them to even get approval to develop the the game. Um, originally, the game itself was kind of pushed forward because they wanted to aim it towards a worldwide audience. They wanted it more kind of. They knew America was an audience. They would be interested in it because Metroid yeah. One and Two had such a good um, reception. So they said, "Okay, make this game more of the same stuff, but we want just like better graphics, Mode better seven. soundtrack. We want yeah. Seven, yeah, yeah, the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. That's yep. that's amazing." Mode 7, for sure, yeah. So it took a total of about half a year to get the approval, but then two or three years, two, 2.5-ish, to actually create it. Uh, at the time when it was made, it was the largest in uh, data size, the largest data size SNES game ever made. It was fitting on into a 24 whopping 24 megabyte cartridge. Whoa. And that's my a, God. And that's a big deal. Like, for Nintendo, they're still doing cartridges for Switch, and it's like... If they can get it under a certain amount, then all the carts they produce are a whole lot cheaper. Cheaper, exactly. Mm. So like those those big pricey ones, like yeah, it's like okay, we better we hope I hope we make our initial investment back because those yeah. are some expensive chips. So that's pretty impressive. That's not Nintendo really, but same thing with the Vita. The Vita also cartridges now too. It's like small little data yeah, cartridges. Yeah, yeah. They hold so much data. And it's mm-hmm. still good quality games too. That's it's not mean, a one size fits all thing. Exactly. Well, no, no, yeah. yeah. technology, optimize. I guess. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely uh, one of the, the biggest part. I think half of the entire cartridge was actually dedicated to the sound. Oh, I can oh, imagine definitely. that. So, yeah, it was... I definitely agree with that. I think it was worth. I think it, it paid it off was, in the end. <laughs> for sure. Like, that game is for a Super Nintendo game. Just mm-hmm. how optimized it is with the sounds and the particle effect. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to get way into this. I sure. Guess this is the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, the yeah. obvious influence is Super Metroid. It's a, it's a 2D platformer, right? Side-scrolling sort of thing. But it's so much more than just a platformer, I think. It, it's got... 
this uh, we're going to be talking about it. It, it, it invented the genre, right? Basically, of, yeah. Of yeah. The platforming retracing and everything. Platforming. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'd like to say it's like platform exploration. Yeah, and then exactly. It got so popular to the point where, like I said, like Castlevania, and they invented the term Metroidvania because of it. So you know, it's you know. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. two together. I think Castlevania we could say had more RPG elements, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, leveling but, up and yeah. gaining stuff. Yeah, but this is. Yeah, I don't know. There's there really was nothing like this yeah, at the 2D, time. Yeah, 2D, 2D platform exploration. Yeah, I improved. Guess it improved on Metroid One significantly too. Oh, def- definitely. Yeah, it was it was uh, it it took put a lot of quality and life quality of life improvements and, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's one of those perfect games. Now, one of my initial thoughts about when I was looking at this, and even just like before I had started playing it, and seeing what a Metroid looks like, right? Mm-hmm. This is clearly inspired by Alien. Clearly, clearly, H.R. Geiger with the with the what they're called the statues, right? The yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. What yeah. are they called? The Chozo statues? Oh yeah. Chozo, yeah. Chozo oh, I'll actually get into yeah. the Chozo. It looks like an yeah, alien, yeah. basically, right? You so, know the whole Chozo lore? Oh, I know. Yeah. Okay, cool. Ooh. I'll get to that later. We'll get to right. that in a bit. I'm pumped. Stay tuned. All right. Um, originally, when during development, it was actually interesting because it was kind of described as a harsh environment for the crew um, for for a number of reasons including just differing personalities of the people. Even though they were kind of part of the same team R&D1 for a while, this particular project, and I know also just the deadlines that they had um, been imposed, th- it was it was very taxing on the crew. And especially during the last six months of development, they were there are numerous stories about how the, the crew would just be sleeping there all the time. I mean, well, they wouldn't be sleeping. That's a problem, right? They mm-hmm. weren't sleeping. They yeah. were living there. Yeah. And they were sleeping for very short naps. They had like an eight tatami mat large room, which is relatively small for a 17-person crew. Um, yeah, they would just take naps there and stuff. And uh, they just didn't know, like, it, it would take too long to get home. I need to keep working on this. The, the deadlines are coming, that whole thing. So it was it was tough. And they really wanted to push this game to the next level. And that was that was their motivator. When did it come out? Do you remember the date? I don't remember exactly the Super Metroid, but Metroid 1 itself came out in 1986. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly Super Metroid, Metroid, I was wondering how close to like the, the late console's 90s. launch yeah. it was. So it was 3.5 years or so after the console launch. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Which was 1994. Wow. This game came out in 1994. For some reason, I thought it was earlier, but yeah, that's yeah. when I played it. It was, wow. Yeah, Super Nintendo came out in 91, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. So, believe yeah, so, yeah, it was it was about three or wow. so years after. So it was relatively late into the lifespan of the Super Nintendo, and that actually kind of also affected the sales of the game itself. Uh. Um, and the sales in Japan, in particular, were rather lukewarm. Um, but abroad, it, it got an audience, even though, you know, it, it was so long after the SNES came out. We just um, love our Marines, our Space Marines. We do. Well, space we Marines do. OP. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um one could say that probably the the also the other challenge with the sales was probably because the PlayStation and Sega Saturn were starting around. I think that there were word there was a word about the PlayStation and Sega Saturn. Yeah, there were teasing things about yeah, it probably. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. And so that would have definitely affected affected its reception. But either way, I mean, it still came out and it's to this day known as one of the best games. Um, for a whole yeah. host of different reasons, we're going to be covering soon. Definitely, and not just for nostalgia, because I have word that my friend who never played it when it came out he played it i think two or three years ago mm-hmm. and he can say like for certain like that it's just a legitimately good game oh definitely. like it transcends nostalgia because there's so many games that are just good to a lot of people because it's nostalgic or it reminds them of the time and it's hard for them to separate that but if people can play it like as like a new game without that nostalgia and enjoy it still then yeah it's it's one of the best games no wait was this your first time playing it or no no I okay. played it. I I think I rented it. 
or, or owned it or my friend had it when I was a kid when it came out. Um, I remember using uh, Game Genie because Ooh. you can do like you can oh, turn yeah. on it, you can enable the hyper beam throughout the whole game. Oh, geez. So I didn't legitimately cool play it. It was really <laughs> tough. But then I I think I attempted to play it. I can't remember in between. Um, I don't know. I never really fully played it through uh, until this past week where I attempted to. I haven't mm. finished it, but yeah, it's it's it it holds up to all the good 2D Metroids too. Like it's still good compared to the ones that precede or uh, is it preceded it or postseded it? <laughs> uh, What's the word? Came after? after? Yeah, yeah, the ones that came after, which were like zero mission yeah, both, and. Yeah. Post, sure. yeah. post, it's post. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I completely agree with that. Um, the thing I really love about uh, Super Metroid, you know, like I said, it's an old game and a little bit, you know, two, two D size scrolling, eight bit crush. But at the same time, it's it's because it does so well with what is the the, te- the limited technology it had. It did so well to set up an atmosphere of, I guess, yes. the feeling of actually being a space explorer out there by your lonesome self. All you have you is just you yourself and. A fancy space suit armor that's about it but yeah how it, effective it was with combining the music the sounds the atmosphere exactly yeah. and the gameplay and how everything kind of teaches you as it goes it, it keeps the lonely feel without any like abundance of information after exactly. like the story you're just going around you get these things okay what does this do even after you get it other than saying like press x to use or whatever it you just don't know all these things i i don't know if this is a good time to bring it up i guess um well, gameplay's coming up. I'll wait. I'll hold off. Okay. I was going to say. I had some stuff that I, I discovered that I never knew about in the game. That oh, I was like, okay. what? Like, it really blew my mind because I'm like, it doesn't tell you this. And it just, I just discovered it like, just happens. these yeah. mechanics and stuff. It was oh, I mean, and uh, to me, me personally, I find that's a good thing. The fact that it's it's causing people to, a game that's forcing you to learn in a way. It's not really forcing you per se, but it's like, go ahead and experiment with it and see what it's happens. It's not holding your hand exactly, in a yeah. way, but it's like doing a good way of teaching you how to play the yeah, game. Yeah, it's kind of like it's it's like, guiding yeah. you in like in the right, proper way to like just yeah, go out is, and do whatever It does you that want. perfectly. Exactly. See, I might lose some fans for saying this, but this is something that I feel like Dark Souls was touching upon but didn't quite get, and that is that I, I it allows you to explore and, and wants you to explore, but it doesn't, quite lead you enough in the Dark Souls realm. I think you're still kind of like... More confused in Dark Souls. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Dark, for, for me, Dark Souls 1 is, is especially like that. Because I went from Demon Souls. I was really mm-hmm. into Demon oh, Souls. Okay. And then Dark Souls, I ended up in a spot that I was not supposed to be in and get and actually beat the boss somehow. But then I was just kind of locked in there because it's like everyone was super higher level, like over leveled oh, from me. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, for I, it's the same thing. It just didn't really... You know, indicate which direction I should go, and I don't know. It wasn't not, not much of a good transition. Yeah, right, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't very. Uh, I don't know. Helpful in leading me in the right way. There's a balance. There's definitely balance, and I think the Super Metroid struck that, and it, that's one of the reasons For why sure. it's still known. It's basically a master class in game design. I think. Um, the, speaking of design, the original design for the sprites themselves um, were really, really great quality. But interestingly, the one of the designers, he had, he had been making all these designs, and some of the enemies actually turned out to be a little too cute. And so, of course, throughout <laughs> this game where you're destroying these aliens and stuff, you'd start to feel bad, like, oh, I don't want to kill this boss. It, oh, no, I'm sad. <laughs> poor yeah. Kalkenmeyer, poor, uh, poor Phaeton or There's whatever. There's actually reasons for that, too, and story-wise, too. But, yeah, we can, we'll get into that in a bit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's... Super Metroid. One of the one of the most interesting things from back in that day, back that era, was that you had a timer. You could see how long it took you to complete the game, and right. so you get different endings based off exactly that, too. that yeah. as well. Yeah. So we can... give you a reason to play through it again with your knowledge and mm-hmm. to like get through it faster. Right. And so this is one of those early early cases of 
what is now known as speed running, of course, right? There were a huge, huge amount of speedrunners who who would just be trying to push that boundary. How quickly can they get through? What's the bare minimum of time that they can get through from the start to finish and then post it online and, you know, they'd share their tips and secrets and stuff. Speed Demos Archive was the first, I remember, I remember the first thing we saw. I don't know if it was yours, but my first speedrun I saw was the Super Mario 3. I think it was a tool-assisted speedrun. Mm, okay. Where you just like, how in the world can they do that? And that was before anyone knew of tool-assisted speedrunning, which means that it's not a human doing it, but it's a human going frame by frame and doing the perfect run Mm -hmm. Um, but it's yeah it's it's uh it's an interesting it's gotten it's blown up oh yeah oh definitely yeah incredibly awesome games on quick and all of that it's a huge community very very friendly i believe there there there's a lot of sense of community in there so and i remember um, i forgot which agdq it was but it was a metroid super metroid race with uh four guys oh yeah it was 2014 or 2015 something like that yeah yeah that was one of the one of the best like the the closest i got to considering games as like a sports thing Sure, yeah. It's like you can get totally into it and see, like, okay, this is how people are about sports. Like, where they get really into, like, who's going to, you know, win or, or do better and stuff. And for those who don't know, basically what happened is four different players are playing Super Metroid at the exact same time to see who could complete it the fastest. And they were in the same room. They were right next to each other, basically. So, uh, so you see some fall behind and some yeah. go ahead, and it's just like, yeah, you're, you don't know who's going to win and who's going to, like, uh, what's the word? Who's going to choke? Who's going to yeah, choke basically. and just, like... And and end up like yeah I don't know and that that one race that I saw was incredible because it was one of the the most popular speedrunners for it just ended up choking at one point and then the other guy went it was yeah it's it's exciting stuff to me as a first time player of this game I had never touched it before um, I barely touched one of the other Metro games Fusion way back in the day on the Game Boy Advance mm, yeah, I believe Game Boy but Vance, right. um, to me like I put seven hours into this game and I just saw I watched this video I would highly highly recommend anyone out there go on YouTube check out Summoning Salt, the user Summoning Salt. He does all of these sorts of um, historical looks at speedruns in, in all sorts of games, Super Mario, Super Mario, um, what's it called, Mario Kart 64, ev- like everything. But he did a video on Super Metroid, and he was talking about the race to get the shortest time. And to this day, I believe the record is held by uh, someone named Zost, and the record is about 45 minutes. And nice. that just blows my mind. How can you get through? I put so much time into getting this game, and I did not get like. Yeah, there should be an know. episode dedicated to uh, speedruns. Well, just we'll see. Just because there's a, there's a lot to talk about with just how they, yeah, I don't know, as a community find these exploits, and yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Well, interestingly me. enough, there's a, they actually reward, uh, the game developers actually reward you for actually speedrunning, which most games are like, oh, you congratulate or whatever, but actually, for um, I believe Super Metroid, if you actually get a hundred percent. Of like all the all the every uh, item, every item or everything, expansions. and you clear within I believe under like an hour or two three hours. You actually um, normally you would see Samus like greet you at the end, like you know would take off her helmet and wave, and that's it. But if you clear it fast enough, you get Samus in her glorious swimsuit. Hooray! <laughs> now, now known as the Zero Suit. Now known yes. as the Zero right, Suit. Right. Well, actually, no, it's actually a little bit slightly skimpier than the Zero Suit. Oh, it okay. actually shows off her midriff. So it's a negative one suit. No. A negative one suit, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that <laughs> makes perfect you. sense. That Thank makes perfect you for sense. that. Perfect segue into, believe it or not, Samus was also one of the first strong female leads in a video game, which kind of made this, uh, you know, a big deal back oh, in yeah, 1994. Oh, even before that, in Metroid 1. Yeah, yeah. Very end of the game. 
you just yeah. see this like space marine, and then at the very end of the game, if you beat it, just like uh, yep. just like you said, if you beat it fast enough, then you see her take off her helmet, and it, oh, it's a girl. It's a girl. <gasps> and that's big, big surprise. That was the thing. What's funny enough too, there's actually a code in the Nintendo version where you actually start out with Samus as a outside her suit, kind of like Zero Suit again, but like yeah. same, I think the code is literally just all zeros plus one at the ending, and you get Samus in her suit. Justin, Justin <laughs> Bailey. Justin Bailey. Yeah, pretty that much. There the you code. go. There it is. Yeah. Pretty much. Besides the zero suit look, she is certainly, you know, she helped pave the way for a lot more badass women in games. So, you know, huge gratitude to the to the designers for taking that. I, I guess it could be considered a risk at the time. Oh, definitely. Of, yeah. of putting, yeah, such a strong female lead in, in what is a very high profile game nowadays, at least. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've gone through the background and the history now. So let us take a break. Let's listen to some more music. We're going to be listening to another original song, Overgrown with Vegetation from the Brinstar area by Kenji Yamamoto and Minako Hamano. And then we're going to listen to another OC remix track. It's called Jade Catacombs. It's by Blind. Hope you enjoy it. Again, thank you for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar, the mid-boss, here with Alex Sankinshin, and we are Lag Radio. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar, the mid-boss here with Alex Sankinshin, and we are Lag Radio. We're talking Super Metroid this evening, but before we continue that discussion, real quickly, we listened to two two wonderful songs. The first one was straight out of the Super Metroid original soundtrack by Kenji Yamamoto and Minako Hamano. The song was Overgrown with Vegetation, Brinstar Area. Then after that, we listened to Jade Catacombs by Blind off of ocremix.org. Another one of those completely free songs that you can go and check out on their website. No payment whatsoever. They don't even want your money, I don't think. Like, they don't even offer, like, a Bandcamp, pay what you want. It's just straight up down. Well, because they legally can't do that. <laughs> it's someone else's oh. yeah. music that you're... <laughs> it's copyrighted music, dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. Even if it is a things. remix. Yeah, even if it is a remix, if you make profit off of it, it's... Well, I mean, well, there's, like, cover albums, though, that you can buy on Bandcamp, though. That's that's a thing. Yeah. Like, material collectors. Yeah, like, that's, that's, that's a very gray yeah. area. That's true. I don't know. Either way, so a couple of really great tracks. We're now going to be discussing, now that we've gotten through the background and history of the development, we're going to talk about the story. So I believe we have a particular storyteller this evening. Story time with Sunken Shin. Let's do this. So pretty much the the whole origin story of Metroid in general is um, a long time ago, the Chozos, or the half-human, half-bird giants, I guess. They're like pretty much vastly intelligent life creatures. But um, their purpose mainly is to defend the universe. And you know they've been doing it for years and years, and and then suddenly um, they they're like, oh, we could probably be more efficient with this because we're not really affecting the whole universe. So they created, lo and behold, Mother Brain, hey, and a super advanced AI that helps us, you know, figure out where the problem is and where to focus all their attention. As such, uh, within a few like I believe a few months or so after creating uh, Mother Brain, they notice a parasite running across the universe called Parasite X, where it actually would go around infect its subject kill its subject and then because of a disperse and further out and infect you know worlds eventually it was destroying so many so much of the universe the chozo and mother brain were like we have to do something about this so lo and behold they're like hey you know what the parasite eggs don't have a natural predator let's make one lo and behold chozo's like hey look at this they made the metroids lo and behold the metroid virus was created by the chozo's to combat parasite x as such, finally, you know, the Parasite X virus was finally being detained. Um, Metroids were going out everywhere, destroying the Parasite X, eating them up. Everything's fine and dandy. 
Except they forgot one thing. The Metroid themselves also started reproducing at a very high rate. And they began affecting the universe. So the children are like, well, this is not good. We need to make a weapon or something. So they, since they were the defense of the guys, they decided to go talk to the Human Federation about, you know, if we can have some of your fluorotite. Fluorotite is their, their universe equivalent of, like, vibranium, where, like, you can just hmm. pretty much wreck anything you want with it. So anyway, um, they, they, they went to the, the, the mining colony, um, planet of KL2, where uh, the the lead, I guess, miner, I guess is his name? The foreman, I guess? Mm. Yeah, is um, for, Foreman Aaron. And he has, he has his own family lived there. And, you know, the Chozos came in. They're like, oh, you know, is it okay if we have some of your fluorotite? He was like, we can't redo that because the Federation is very, you know, tight about our supply. And that's when a chance encounter happens where Samus Aaron happened to accidentally knock off, um, I would say, he did call him... Grandpa Bird um, hoods off and exposes the fact that he's you know a Chozo half human half bird to everyone at the colony hmm. and I was like oh wow that's crazy a human half bird half human at first you know they're like oh don't worry about it we're still you know trying to help the universe out we're not doing anything bad so obviously they were like okay we'll we'll, we'll discuss this um, obviously it, things went sour and um, the Federation said no to the Chozo so the Chozo like well nothing much we can do so they left, but before they left, old old bird got to spend a lot of time with Samus. He was telling her, like, you know, the universe needs help, this and that. He was showing her the ropes, how to be, you know, being kind, pretty much, I guess, is the best way. But um, as as the Chozo were leaving, they forgot that a group of space pirates were tracking them. The space pirates led by Lawaninoni, infamous Ridley. Mm-hmm. So Ridley was like, hey, you know, let's go. F- like, like, the Chozo just left there. Like, why did they leave there? So they're, and then... That's when their scanners picked it, like, hey, there's a bunch of fluorotite on that mining colony. Let's go get it. So Ridley invades KL2, um, pretty much just massacring everyone. In the last year's effort, Foreman Aaron decides to ignite the fluorotite and actually essentially kill off half the, pretty much almost the, whole, the entire planet, pretty much. Uh, Ridley then proceeds to clean up uh, with no fluorotite left. He's like, well, this sucks. Then he leaves. But um, one sole survivor made it through. And that was Samus Aaron. Um, the Chozo came back after they heard of the attack, and old old bird found Samus and took her on, 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 under his under his metaphorical wing per se. <laughs> wow. Oh, ho, ho. So then this was is the sec- this all just was this all pre Metroid One? Pre Metroid One. Was this in any game? Was there? No, any- it was actually a, a manga. Re- re- released oh, okay. exactly by the creators. Of I remember Metroid. parts of this in uh, oh, yeah. in. Re- uh, Samus Returns for Samus 3DS, Returns, yes. the last one that came Samus out. Samus Returns. They and had like murals and stuff that kind of yeah. go through that. And I believe they teased in Zero Mission as well, too. Oh, I don't okay. really recall, but yeah. So how do we get to to the original Metroid game then? That's where I'm getting right now. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> don't get ahead Samus. of me, Chris. <laughs> we got like three yeah. games to go through and we've only got so much time. Though. Yeah, that's true. All right, so <laughs> then obviously, you know, she, she's been taken over by Chozo. Turns out she can't live on their Chozo planet. So... Was she, she the chosen chosen one? Ah. <laughs> oh, thank you. But then, Every um, time. Yeah, so Samus can't live <laughs> on a chosen planet, so Mother Brain's like, augment her. So that's why Samus has chosen DNA in her. So they augmented her, so then they trained her. That's why she can use the power. That's why she can use all the mm. power boots. That's why without her suit, she's still a freaking weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. Wow. And then, um, so they gave her a suit, and they're like, okay, you have to go out and do your own thing now. We were supposed to be, you're, you're supposed to be the quote-unquote chosen one to save the universe from Metroids. So Metroid goes on her her badass suit that the Chozo gave her, and hence Metroid One begins. It's the first mission on planet, I believe it's 
Uh, I think it is Azebis again, I believe. But um, she goes there. Um, you know, she's going around exterminating all the Metroids. Uh, turns out Mother Brain had gotten rid of all the Chozos because when she saw the space pirates do their thing, she's like, they're more efficient at it. That's you know, changing the world, so I should use the space pirates instead. So Mother Brain betrayed, you know, all the Chozos killed him off, and then Samus is alone. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, Samus beats, beats her down and then moves on to the next planet. Finally, the last home planet, which is Metroid 2, Sam, Return of Samus. Samus, you know, it's literally the last planet of all the Metroids left, and she is just genociding all the Metroids. Finally, at the end of the game, she's about to kill the last Metroid egg, except it hatches. And, and instead it has of, sad puppy eyes. It has sad puppy <laughs> eyes. Oh, and yeah. Samus is like, you know what? I just literally killed your entire race. Maybe I shouldn't kill you. <laughs> we just talked about this last week. Yeah. So it turns <laughs> yeah, out... That's true. When when that when that Metroid hatched, the first thing it saw was Samus. So instead, it imprinted on Samus and figured it Samus was its mother. Samus was like, "Well, I kind of you know, like I said genocide the race. So you know, let's let's take this and you know preserve it for science." And then so she takes it to the space colony. Enter Super Metroid. She finally, so she takes it to the space colony. Really was able to track it to the space colony and literally just destroys the entire space colony just to grab that one really? Metroid. And then, yeah, they, then he escaped back to Zebus, but this time he brought along all his space pirates with him. So you you enter the game, you go around, you clear you, you know you clear everyone, fight really, kill all the space pirates, and um, turns out Mother Brain's there, surprisingly, I mean, even though she was supposedly dead from Metroid Two, but it turns out really was you know because Mother Brain supported the pirates, really returned the favor and gave her a whole new fancy body and everything, and she just destroys Samus like. Samus is no like, other. yeah, she's like losing hope. You know, she's nothing she can do. Lo and behold, Super, Super Metroid Baby comes back and freaking is gigantic <laughs> because it's been absorbing all the life force it's from all amazing. the, yeah, from all the space <laughs> pirates and everything. And then she just straight up like just attacks Mother Brain, absorbs all the life and energy she can. And then it's a story about love. It's a story about love. Yeah, it's a story Aww. about love. And then instead of actually, you know, she sees Met Samus, you know, Metroid is gonna suck the life out of it, right? Wrong. She actually. Gives all that energy she took from Mother Brain gives to Samus. Samus is then restored, but at the same time, Mother Brain gets back up too and is like, oh, it's not over. And then she kills the last Metroid. Oh. So then mm-hmm. Samus is now super powered with, like I said, the Mega Bus, like you were saying earlier, and she just destroys Mother Brain and escapes the planet. So, yeah, that's the whole story that's from. Story. Well, thank you. From I didn't hit. know thank all you. that. Yeah. It's very important to note that basically, like, none of this. Okay, well, they basically, give a short none of this is true. He <laughs> was making it. It's oh. all just. It's all a lie. Thank all you. For lie. That. All bad. Uh, no, but <laughs> like, pride. there, there isn't a whole lot that's that's given in the game of of something. Like, it does, it does this little recap in the beginning, like we were talking about a little bit. It's very. Um, Cinematic, where it does this recap of what happened in Metroid mm-hmm. One and what happened. In it's Metroid pretty 2. like now that I think about it, like I don't know, even like the title screen, it shows the last Metroid. It shows the, the last Metroid the, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's like it's so cinematic before games were really cinematic. Sure, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, really, yeah. I don't know. One hundred percent agree. No, one hundred percent. So agree good. But when you're actually playing the game, there's no dialogue. Nothing. Like at all. There's it's nothing. It's just it just you starts you off with this, like backstory, which is kind yeah. of what what he just said. It was like you know, just goes through Metroid one, one and two, and yeah. then you end up getting the Metroid on Metroid two, and then, uh, then they they test it and try to find it out, and then this is where we are, and yeah. then Samus goes and yeah, then you start off the game in kind of like a an ep- not epilogue, a prologue, prologue, prologue yeah. yeah, start with a prologue and like a planet that I am yeah you come back to later. That's like the end of Metroid, Metroid one, right? Yeah, that because planet, that is, it's the same it, planet. She started in Metroid One, I believe, and then yeah, she actually goes because really escapes that planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So how do we feel about the story, though, generally? Like, I mean, it's not a focus in the game, so we can't say that it's... Can we say it's strong? What do you guys think? Yeah, the, I mean, well, let's see. We got to think in terms of just the game itself, yeah, not the series. The whole series, yeah. Um, All you're given is tough. that bit at the beginning, yeah. and then yeah. not even at the end do you really have any dialogue. It's just you yeah. see this happening with the with the super baby Metroid and the mother brain and all that. You see that play out, and you're kind of just left to to figure out with no dialogue going. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does rely on those first games if you're interested in the story because then you know exactly. what, where did this Metroid come from? Why is it Why is it the only friendly Metroid? All this stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, top, I'll go ahead. Yeah, no, that's... Okay, um, I was just going to say, um, I think it's more of like, not really per se that they really present. I mean, they presented those in the cinematic, but like it's more of like they wanted you to experience the story instead of actually like, you know, like, oh, this happened. Oh, lo and behold. Yeah, no, they, it's more like you're going around and... They didn't include dialogue because that would make it not as lonely exactly that's one of the things i did not like about metroid prime 3 even Mm -hmm. though everything otherwise like the game looked great like the areas were great Mm -hmm. it was just so much more human federation in it Uh, which kind of took away from its isolation isolated like this game was like you were by yourself right you don't know of any other you know you're a bounty hunter on yourself like on your own no one giving you orders and no one saying anything to you and I love that aspect of it, especially on the Super Nintendo, how they effectively do that with just the music and the environment and sounds and stuff. Again, hearkening yeah. back to Alien, right? Like at, at a point in, in Alien, all there is is just Ridley at the end. It's Very just much. her and, well, her and, and the cat. But yeah, basically awesome. just... And that's sort of reference to that Ridley name, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> the main, Very the main antagonist Ridley and turns out she's a savior in the Alien movie. Ain't that something? Would never have guessed. Um, but yeah, and even played it, played off in modern games like Dead Space, where you do have a couple of people talking to you here and there, and you've got a, um, like the ghost of your dead wife or something that's also haunting you. But generally, it's pretty quiet. It's very lonesome, and that's an yeah. important part of getting that that ambiance, that fear, in there. So it's very heavy in context clues, why I feel too. Like when you walk into that planet, you see like, especially the haunted ship, like. There's like corpses everywhere, like like sciences and everything. It's like it's really like context heavy. And that haunted ship was was something terrifying. I didn't remember. It yeah, I didn't terrifying. remember that when I played it the first that time. I think it's terrifying. And you end up getting this spot, and it's just like this like yeah. skull. Like that guy was tough too. But I found out I had a, the I was like beating him in wrong. Yeah, you just need ice if you gun. use the super missiles. So, yeah, you ice he does a you different. Super yeah, yeah, he does a different move that's just really hard to guard against, and he yeah. just wipes your whole life down. Yeah. But if you just use regular missiles, then he doesn't. Yeah, so the is just freeze him and ditch him. Yeah. Now, what is the story of that that wrecked ship, though? It's it's actually just another stage from what I from what I I don't know much about it, but supposedly it's, my, it's just another like stranded spaceship. But actually, believe it or not, I believe um oh wait no those robots on the ship were actually Chozo training dummies. Actually, now that I think about it. Oh, the like trash can. Yeah, robots? yeah, the trash oh. can. Yeah, yeah. They were actually Chozo training dummies. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So maybe it's actually lost Chozo ship. Maybe that's why you actually do find um. One of the power-ups there, and also you find uh, Chose actually wakes up and attacks you there, too, I believe. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was something I was curious about that I didn't quite understand. And, of course, again, that missing that text element, you don't know, and there's no, like, secret little hidden um, bits of There's no know, information or lo- Yeah, exactly. Any yeah. information or lore that you can read in the game. It's yeah. like there's, it, you just collect items and... I was going to say this is not related at all, but uh, I think another effective thing in the game um, was the use of how most of the enemy sprites were like 16 by 16, and then oh. the boss sprites were gigantic. Right, right. So that mm. scale of just like, oh, okay. I mean, the first one of the first bosses, the first major bosses was, I can't remember his name, but that green guy. The big Craig guy? That's Craig. Craig, yeah. That's Craig. 
Craig, Craig yeah. Spell, yeah. Spelled like Craig, K R I A I D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, just like the scale of the, especially for Super Nintendo, it's like just this giant like tower of a boss. Well, because the main thing too, um, there wasn't much context through in the game itself. It's because I believe when in the box of the Super Nintendo SNES, yeah, they usually come with a booklet. But that booklet is where most of the story was hit there. Yeah. If you really were interested in that game, that's true. A lot of older su- games did supposedly that. read the booklet. Yeah, it's a companion yeah, behold, to the game. Yeah. Sure. Certainly something we can't get in this day and age. That's, I guess, one of the uh, one of the downsides to virtual console and all of that stuff, right? Downloading right. games and stuff. Is you there don't is get a manual physical. in this, but I don't think it's as like fleshed out. I think it just tells you like what some of the items are. Right, exactly. Yeah. Most most story. I mean, most booklets these days are just like, oh, this is copyright for this guy. Warranty. Oh, yeah. And, most booklets. Yeah. yeah. But even the digital ones are pretty yeah. bare bones. Bare bones. Exactly. There's not really like any like information story wise. Where in the old back in the days, you have to use a lot of like you know you can't really. Like I said, just because it has a limited technology, everything was dependent on like context from outside the game as well. Like that's why they included booklets. Yeah, there's like absolutely that. no story in this exactly. in the digital manual. It's mm-hmm. just controls and like what these items are. Important yeah. important note there is Alex is referring to the 3DS version of Super Metroid. New 3DS. You can only new play Super 3DS. Nintendo Virtual Console on the new 3DS because it has a better processing power. But excuse me, I decided to do that just because it's portable and I got to play my systems portable. Sure. Uh, but uh, Marmar played it on the uh, Super NES Classic. Yes, which yes. Which is probably the better, more accurate way to play. You get that controller feel. Oh, yeah. You do. That controller feel, I think, is pretty important to it. Um, but you That's do... something I want to talk about, too. That's one of my gripes of the game. Oh, the sure. The default yeah. controls. I think I, I never played with default controls until this time. I'm like, I'm just going to try it see what they intended me to Mistakes play it as. Mistakes were made, huh? And it was not, it's not very fun. So where you would normally press jump, it, it, like my instinct is run. Um, the shoot button, which I would usually press, is uh, X on this. you got to think of an Xbox controller. It's just screwed up. But yeah, <laughs> Y on the yeah. 3DS or the SNES controller, yeah. is cancel weapon. So it's, it's kind of shifted and then... Um, I don't know. Changing your your like to missiles is pressing select, select. which is kind of far away, so especially weird, on yeah. the Super Nintendo. Oh, definitely. It's so so weird. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's you can luckily map the remap the controls, so it's not a huge gripe. But I just don't know why they like what what made them think that that this I don't know that run had to be on the face and not like an L. I don't well, know. It was weird. When you think about it that way. Maybe they designed it that way on purpose because... It made sense because run, you don't hold to use. Yeah, you yeah, no, press no. it, and then you start running, which yeah, is yeah, nice. Yeah. But no, it makes sense because to me, to me, it kind of makes sense in a way because um, it's just the fact that you got to understand, Sam is walking on a complicated piece of technology. So they're <laughs> That's like, true. It adds to the so, immersion. Yeah, exactly. So they're the like, immersion. you know what? How can we make this translate into the actual per- the actual player? So they're like, hey, want to make the freaking controllers complicated as heck. That's, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just my two cents. All Logicing right. out these bad <laughs> controllers. Well, this is going to be a good segue into our gameplay section. We're going to be covering that very, very shortly. But for now, that we're going to get to a couple of messages. We're going to get you with some more of that beautiful, beautiful music. We're going to listen to uh, the remaining songs in this evening, at least from our Metroid portion. It's going to be all OC Remix stuff. So first, we're going to start off with Big Giant Circles, one of my favorite uh, artists from the OC Remix projects. He actually did the music for one of the Mass Effects, I think. Mass Effect oh, 2. Nice. The entire thing? Yeah, I think so. Whoa. Jimmy something? I'll have to look it up. Dang. All yeah. right. Yeah, find that out for me. I'm curious. That's really great. If so, mm-hmm. geez, good for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, Big Giant Circles is going to be up next with In Your Prime. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, again, thank you so much for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss. I'm joined with Alex Sankinshin. We are Lag Radio. Check out the Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash lagliferadio. 
We do uh, original art pieces there. We do uh, giveaways there, which we will have one for this show as well. So make sure you go and check that out so that you can like the page, comment on the post, and possibly, probably, you're going to get some free stuff. So um, go and check that out. Otherwise, we'll catch you in just a little bit. Again, thank you for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Good evening, everyone. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar the Midboss here with Alex and Son Kinshin, and we are Lag Radio. We are working through Super Metroid after having discussed all of the story-related elements. We're now going to be getting into the gameplay. But real quick, though, songs we listened to most recently, Zircon with a dubstep-infused rendition of the Norfair uh, theme, I believe. Norfair Ancient Ruins area. Yes, that was uh, Ashes to Ashes. And then before that one, we listened to Jimmy Circles, Big Giant Circles, and the song Jimmy Henson. And he did not do the music for for Mass Effect 2, but he was like, he contributed to it and Borderlands 2 and lots of other wow. stuff. Big profile stuff. Yeah. So good for him. Make a name of himself. Congrats. We listened to In Your Prime, which is a combination of three different songs. Hey, um, I get it. Hey, and there's three songs because there's three prime three. Yeah. Prime three. Wow. Half three confirmed. Wow. <laughs> Never. Is gonna, no, it's, it's done. <laughs> oh, um, no. <laughs> keep the dream alive. Keep the dream, your dreams are dead. All your heroes are, are villains. Oh, I did not come on the show for this. <laughs> Brinstar, oh, Red Soil, Wetland Area, a combination of that one, main theme, and the title as well. All right, we're going to begin into the gameplay. So let's talk about one of the biggest portions, haha, <laughs> biggest literally portions of this game, the open world map. I love, love, love this open world map. This is oh, such definitely. a, like, oh man, it gets you so into the atmosphere and the, just, you the are. The emphasis this... on exploration, I yeah. think, is a dying uh, genre. Oh, definitely. It's yes. such a good one, though. Yes. Especially Actually, with, yeah. with how effective, like, again, I keep mentioning this, but how effective they are at making it creepy and lonely feeling. Mm-hmm. Just in, like, it makes you want to see, okay, what's around the other corner and just keep on playing. Thought about too. There's uh, the mini map in the in the game. The actual mini map. It actually like actually shows you like the border of the map. So like if you hit an edge, you hit a wall, but the map is like the border is not there. So you're like, oh, there's something beyond yeah. this wall. I have to see what's beyond this wall. So sure. you like, and, and you get map data. And even with map data, there's still some hidden areas. There's still hidden exactly. areas. There's a yeah. weapon. I haven't gotten it on my my playthrough now, but uh, that an X-ray. Yeah, the X-ray helped vision. Which yeah, the is pretty cool. Mm. Pretty cool technology for games at that time. Yeah, you can literally, on. yeah, the way you do it is you activate it and actually just literally you can like point where you want to scan in the room, and then it'll show you like if there's something hitting it, like a invisible missile grade stuff, or yeah, yeah. visible walls, then things destructible, and stuff like that. It's pretty freaking awesome. And this was new to Super Metroid. This was not part of Metroid One nope. or Two. So right, so and it was new. because of the SNES's like it was able to do updated different layers. graphics yeah. and right. processing power and all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, uh, I loved it. Just the the map itself. You have Criteria is the surface world. You've got Brinstar, which is got yeah, this jungle they feel. They have their own kind of theme. Yeah, yeah, they're all like a theme sort of thing, and the music is is pretty pretty appropriate for each one of them too. Um, There's some really creepy music in that game, especially yeah. that freaking broken ship. Yeah, that thing terrified the hell out of me. Is Meridian, <laughs> Meridian had some of the creepiest music oh, for yeah, me. Yeah. Oh, mm. definitely. Oh, I agree with you with that too. So we've talked about the map now. A um, couple of the other things that were added to the Super Nintendo version, so Super Super Metroid and Super Nintendo. Grappling Hook, right? I don't think that was in the first couple of games. No. no, it was definitely not. Yeah, and then uh, the Super Missiles. I know there were regular missiles. Yeah, I don't remember. But I don't... I believe... No, yeah, I think only regular missiles. There weren't super missiles in the regular one. Yeah, only regular missiles. Now, what about the bombs? Because there were also the special yeah, yeah, yeah. super bombs. Well, they're, they're not the super bomb, but the regular, you know, turn to a ball. And right, right, right. That was super bombs. Yeah, anything with super in the yeah. name yeah. is Yeah, pretty much because it's super. <laughs> super Metroid. Super Metroid. 
So yeah, Metroid. <laughs> definitely, definitely made use of that uh, uh, extra technology. I, I thought Grappling Hook was. Oh, well, what did you guys think of Grappling Hook? I didn't. I had the most struggle with that one, honestly. Okay. Because you have to hold, uh, whatever your gun button is, and then it immediately attaches and grapples to it. Uh, you can't just like I'm I, I like likening it to I guess uh, ninja rope and worms, where it's like it's just it's automatically extended. So if you want to like swing, you have to you attach to the to the area you're grappling, and then extend your line and then swing all while holding this button. And then you don't jump from it; you let go of Y to swing. Like so, it just took a while to get used to. Uh, what you could do too, um, I actually believe it or not, I didn't mind as much because what you could do is um, I set my thing. I believe I set my own R buttons on the controller to where you can actually pivot your uh, you can pivot your your, your gun your gun. No, you pivot your gun while you're in the air. Yeah, anywhere. It's like oh, a, well, you mean yeah, yeah, yeah. To no, pivot, to grapple, yeah. yeah no, no, makes... no, no. I'm saying just pivoting your gun in general. But when you pivot that gun, you can actually jump and do the grapple at the same time, and you automatically go into a full swing. Oh, okay. You just pretty much just keeping motion. If you keep motion with it, you can literally just, or you, or you can just do the trolley thing where you just hold the gun up and just keep spamming the shoot button. You keep going pew pew pew. Oh all yeah, way, yeah, And then you That's just fly easy. right by. <laughs> sure. Why sure. swing when you just consistently just keep grappling towards the next yep. target? Now, with regards to the platforming, I've personally found some of it a little bit difficult. Just landing on platforms properly i think even Same with the first the... metroid too yeah, no, worse yeah. with the super with the first metroid yeah it was really worse with the first one yeah i agree with that but completely. yeah there's a lot of little tiny platforms enemies on the platforms that you have to shoot to get down and mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it's kind of tough in norfair oh go ahead i was say especially like going up and down areas oh yeah no right, right, right. Yeah, i believe that um i think the one of the um I guess frames. I guess when you go down, it's like it's kind of the, like when you kind of get exploring into the old, um, the old Britain star or whatever. It's like yeah, it's full of those like space pirates that jump across the wall. Make sure yeah, laser yeah. yeah, and sure. you're just trying to get down that whole place. Is all the small little broken platforms, not just whole platforms, like little broken ones that can actually stop your fall too. Yeah. So you end up taking damage because of that, and it's like it's very frustrating too. Yeah, there are definitely some difficult parts in there that that are just kind of going to frustrate you. There was a point where I think it was in. Norfair area where there were these little platforms and then there were some dudes like inside of the lava and they would knock you off of the platform into the lava <laughs> and oh, then they yeah. would like keep hitting you in a way that you were just like stuck underneath Every the platforms too. Every type of lava too. Or, or water or quicksand like gets uh, you stuck where you can't yeah, jump. Yeah, there's, there's so always like some type of thing in there. Yeah, there's something and there's something in there. killing you. And then there's yes. like those guys that were like in the water, those like maw looking things that would trap you and like get like keep you in there for a bit and then you could get out and then they would keep you in there for a bit yeah there are some really annoying trapped enemies in there Mm -hmm. yes i don't would we say that would we say that those are reasonable gripes or would we say that that's acceptable to overlook i say it's acceptable personally i agree i personally agree it's acceptable because they they were frustrating but it wasn't like i don't know it was it was like i'm i need to get better at the platform exactly no exactly i think once i realized like just the momentum from the run button helped a lot mm-hmm. otherwise it's really slow especially when you jump like you're barely oh, yeah. moving you float. right and left you float. Mm-hmm. but yeah if you're if you're holding run you can move a little faster and mm-hmm. get some momentum going yeah they really make you want to feel that like if you like if you misplace your jump that you get yeah. punished for it that's why like like said, it's, it's, the platforming is tough the yeah. jumping from platforms to platforms yeah. especially well vertically and horizontally mm-hmm. are really tough yeah but mm-hmm. that's why like, I said that's why I feel like you know when you got those enemies who hold you down like that they really want to make you regret 
messing up. Yeah. Yep. So like, like you I mean, get... the Metroid themselves yeah, are exactly. like that, where it's yeah. like, okay, you get a Metroid stuck on your mm-hmm. head, you can do nothing. You have to, I think you Keep use down. the bomb, right? You can bomb To get or... them off your head, or and you then you freeze in. them, yeah. and then you use a, su- a missile to get rid of them. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not that easy to it's get them. It's not easy, yeah. So it adds to the kind of like, uh, like the, the it's counting down kind of element of the whole mm-hmm. game, because I think that's like, like a, a theme throughout the game. Is that like you're like the very first stage? You're you have to escape this planet that's gonna or whatever. The, the colony is exploding. The colony is yeah. exploding yeah, in like a well. minute, uh, and then like when your your meter goes down when you're getting attacked by a Metroid or enemy, it's just like it's constant countdown. It's really terrifying. Mm-hmm. Now, was the screw attack something new to the Super Nintendo? Is definitely new. That's another new one. Definitely okay, new what one. about the super? What about the screw attack? Screw attack is freaking awesome as hell. <laughs> it's pretty much you can literally ignore a grappling hook. Yeah, it's, it's literally yeah. the biggest cheat weapon of the entire game because you can literally once you get the upgraded screw because you get the regular screw attack and upgraded screw attack. But yeah. you get the upgraded one, you can actually destroy destroyable blocks with the screw attack. You can just float in the air. You can literally and just attack the enemies yeah, you while you're doing exactly. That. It's literally just it's great. It's exactly it's it's so great. <laughs> It's so stupid, but at the same time, it's it's a, it, it's a very appropriately named. It's a very appropriately named screw attack. Exactly, <laughs> screw you're, you're game screwing the game. Screw you're screwing the game, and to top it off, it gives you so much power to explore like high areas. Yeah, all just, the areas that it's like well, you yeah. get to the very end of the game, you kind of get that power pretty close to the end of the game. Yeah, it's actually like, yeah. Okay, yeah. now you can just go over wherever you want to go, want. find the spots that you sure. never went to, exactly. see what's over that like like in the sky that you never were able to get to. Yeah, no, exactly. Because exactly. in the first. Um, as soon as Samus ship land, there's like a big skybox. You can literally just screw attack all the way through the top to see where the skybox is. It's pretty awesome. Now, did you guys use walkthrough for your playthroughs at all? No. No walkthroughs? Not even walkthroughs? First time, no. Second time, Oh, yes. like like, <laughs> like through our life? I, yes. I, I don't think I did. I can't recall. This time, I, I, I purposely avoided that. Um, there's, I mean, this spot, one spot I got stuck at twice. Like, I started my 3DS version, I think, like last year. And then I restarted it again this uh, week, and there's one spot where I didn't realize there was a run button, <laughs> uh, and you have to run through. fastly through. Yeah, yeah, and you don't need like the fast super run. It's just it's a regular one. running. Yeah, and it just got. It, I was there for like ten minutes. Like, okay, I am stuck here. I have to do something here. Right. But then found out, oh, there's a button that you press to run that you don't know automatically. You just you get momentum. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I made sure not to look up any any guides or anything I wanted to experience that first time I chose not to because you know, it was the first time playing the game it's the only time the reason I used the second one because I wanted to get I was trying to get 100% so like where's all these damn missile upgrades and everything so I mean I, at one point I was literally walking around everywhere X-ring every single frame I'm like this is taking forever so I'm like you know I'll just walk through and see we're all there there's a lot of there. I think there's a lot of parts that make me want to look up okay how do I get this but exactly. instead I just ignore it and hope that I find, find out, out how to do it way later. To do it if you can yeah or come back to it oh yeah, yeah exactly. luck, luckily with this game there's a map that helps a lot with like what items you have gotten or which ones you haven't gotten correct so you can go trek back and go okay maybe I now after after I'm more powered up I can mm-hmm. probably get this item or find out how to do it and it wasn't ever at least through like you know because I haven't beaten it on this playthrough like frustrating to the point where I need to look something up. It was like I eventually like okay, I'll go this direction. Yeah, exactly. and I found a way. Yeah, it was exactly. They were frustrating. I said I just wanted to try to get 100. percent I was like, I yeah. Do, so I'm, then I'm going to be the other side of it, and I'm going to say there were some really frustrating parts that I did not understand and I could not get through, even with those little animal creatures trying to teach you like how to get through. Oh yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. moment where it introduces you to the wall jump, and you see these little critters like bouncing off the wall. The wall jump is ridiculous. I think the wall jump is absurd, and I think that was extremely difficult. That was the difficulty spike that I was not happy about, and mm. I would say that that was one of the, the worst parts of the game for me. Um, 
But I mean, from you guys, you you had different experience with the wall jump, yeah. correct? When I was a kid, I was never able to. I'm not saying you're a kid, but <laughs> when I was a kid, I was never able to do the wall jump. And that's probably why I never beat the game because I just never understood. I don't know if they even show you how to do that in the game or anything. No, they do. The little guys show you. The little guys oh, okay. show you what they to do, how to do it. they demonstrate it to you. Yeah, but they, they tell you like like the timing. And yeah, they don't yeah. tell you the timing. So yeah. I was telling Marmar that the timing is once I learned that it's been not an issue. But also mm-hmm. I played uh, Return or Samus Returns, which I think had the same exact okay, kind of yeah. wall jumping. So I got used to it there. Um, normally, I think that was one of the earliest games that had wall jumping in it. It's so. a platforming game. Did Ninja Gaiden have? Ninja Gaiden had wall, but you would stick to it. Yeah, you yeah. would just stick to you the wall, and you can you like, jump go too, left but right. like not really. Like the, the arc's not that big. So in yeah. this way, like Mario sixty four, where you slide yeah, down exactly. or you go against it and then jump. Yeah, this is a lot more difficult. You need to go against a wall. You'll see Samus kind of lean against it if you mm-hmm. press the opposite direction. Only if you press the opposite direction of the wall, and it's only for like a split second. Uh, mm-hmm. Split second. So normally, your 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 instinct, like Super Meat Boy or whatever, is to press the direct the opposite direction and jump at the same time but it's not you have to press the opposite direction and then jump like a split second after what i um and after you get after you get the hang of it it's not too bad but if you don't know that it is irritating as all hell what i found easy to, to get me started uh, i guess practice in a way for the wall jumping is um if you actually go to jump on the wall you actually um you actually slide down a little, a little bit actually believe it or not kind of like mega man x in a way where like hmm. you can slide on the wall a little bit during that time you can actually physically see when Samus kind of like arcs away, so you kind of get hmm. you know once once you like get the timing on that, if you see when she like starts to you know when she does the animation like Alex said where she turns around, then you go ahead and push the jumping button. But obviously you can't take too long jumping on the wall. It doesn't change much much. It just changes the sprite. Yeah, it's I'm doing barely. It right now. It's barely very. But subtle. either way, like yeah, does, once you get yeah. the timing down, it's, it's not too difficult. Not too bad exactly. But. If you don't know that, it's really frustrating because you're pressing at the same time and exactly. nothing's happening. And you're like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. It makes it more difficult. I mean, it's possible. It just makes it more difficult well, to get the timing down. I agree. Sure. I agree. I'll concede that it's reasonable. I will concede it, or I will still say that it's it's a, a very point poorly of implemented difficulty. Yeah, it's um, okay. Just 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 go get the screw attack. Get yeah. this. <laughs> just get to the screw cat. That's all you need to Good. do. Don't even have to think tech. about it anymore. I was gonna um, say mention uh, <laughs> when I mentioned earlier in the episode that uh, I discovered things I never knew before in the mm-hmm. game. Um, I, first of all, I didn't, I only saw the animals teach me the, the ultra jump, you know, the super jump I was jump just thing. about the to bring up not, the, not the, the wall jumping, jump. I didn't notice. Okay. Um, or so far. And, um, but the one thing that I didn't know at all until I just, uh, two things, um, was if you have the super bombs equipped mm-hmm. and you charge your beam, and let go of your charge, you get these like things that surround you, oh, like oh, like Woodman's leaves. I didn't thing. know that, and either, I never huh? knew that. Yeah, I'm I know. Like, that's that's new to me too. This is crazy. Like, yeah, I've played, like, I played the I game three times. That's new to me. Yeah, <laughs> holy cow. Because I never used charge as a kid, and then right. I w- it just blew my mind. And the other thing is, if you if you're just normally charging, and then you go into ball form, you just drop disperse oh, yeah, five yeah, you, you, bombs. Like, yeah, all yeah, this yeah. stuff. Like I didn't know about this, and I never saw this. It's just amazing that I discovered this. Yeah. However many years later, over thirty years or so, I don't know. That's something that's it's a, over 30 years, a point of like why this is such a masterpiece. You can just keep playing it, and like we're doing now. You guys played it so that. long ago, and we're still discovering new things. And like there are things that I've you mentioned the wall jump critters. You haven't seen them. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, I've seen them. How yeah. is that like? And you've seen them, but like people have such different experiences with this game because of the exploration aspect, because of the non-linearity. Mm-hmm. Besides just four particular bosses that you do need to beat to get to the end of the game, Craig, uh, Dragon, Fantoon, and Ridley. Besides those four, like you could completely skip any of the other sub bosses mm-hmm. for each of the areas. Who's Fantoon? It's the uh, the guy to go ship. That, that big oh, okay. Fantoon that is the sense. big face. Oh, yeah, the big face. Yeah. Also, um, 
another thing going on of um, wall jumping. Back in the good old days in Nintendo, there was a way to break the, the jumping way too. Because instead of actually wall jumping, Nintendo had a kind of way of doing it too. It's if you roll into a ball and time your oh your yeah. bombing, your bouncing <laughs> bombs, right? You sure. can literally go all the way to the top of the world just by bouncing bombs yep. all the way up. Jeez, but it's your timing has to be very tough, spot yeah. on. See, well, going back to the to the wall jumping thing, that high jump, I could not under, I did not know. How, like watching the creature run really quickly then and then stop, mm-hmm. yeah, and then jump, jump. up. You didn't know I how didn't, to stop. How? Yeah. yeah. What do you push down? What? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess you <laughs> press down. Yeah. Thanks for that tip. But there was no tool that tip was saying like that, press yeah. down. You at don't this need point. tool tip. It's all just that was something I just remembered from when I played it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So I I don't have that experience of like learning sure, that. Sure, so sure. I'm yeah. curious yeah. how people like figure that one out. Because the way yeah. I saw it, because the, the the animal itself ducks when you if you look at this animation frame, oh, okay. it actually duck, it's it the animal itself ducks and then jumps up. I think that intuitively you don't want to stop and duck because you feel like you're gonna lose the momentum, momentum right. and exactly. you're not gonna retain that charge. Unless right, you, right. Yeah. No, no, no. I so I think that. it's just not very intuitive with regards to that. But yeah, because I guess the whole point of it was just to build the energy up or something. I don't know. It's something. It's, it's video game logic, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, last part of the gameplay. Let's talk about combat. What do we think about combat in this game? Oh, fun times. I mean, it's 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 literally just kind of clun- kind of clunky because there's enemies yeah. that are at your same height. And Eight. you just have to aim a lot, which is kind of cool. That's eight angle shot. Another thing that they well, added with uh, like SNES is being yeah, to angle, yeah, <laughs> angle your shot. And <laughs> stuff. I think, uh, I mean, this is going from Super Nintendo, but or Super Metroid, but in Samus Returns, I think they did that perfectly. Where um, mm. instead of aiming like diagonals, you press the shoulder button to like Get into stop mode. into place, oh. and then you can aim like 360 degrees hmm. any direction and oh, I think like that was perfect heroes, yeah. so yeah so yeah. you could just like stop and then like aim and shoot and like kind of snipe things I think that was the best way to do that yeah but that's, that sounds like a better idea yeah cause in the yeah, Super Metroid is only just either like up up or down pivots they don't have yeah. like yeah, it's very like 45 degree 16, angle 45 degree 45 yeah. 45 mer- mer- 16 yeah. degree yeah, yeah. There's no really have, you don't have much of a choice you're either shooting straight uh, but still like that like was 45 angle yeah. like yeah that was the first Metroid that you could do that in cause exactly. otherwise it was left right and up yeah and I think you can shoot under if you jump yeah you have to jump and hold but yeah. yeah like so this was like those extra four degrees of yeah 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 definitely improved combat with that um i will say yeah like with the height thing that was an issue for some of the fights that i was in and i don't think it's very again kind of the intuitive thing like at times you have to duck and turn into a morph ball but uh, in order to become the morph ball it's not just suddenly i'm the morph ball it's i duck by pressing down, down and then i down press down again, again yeah. and become the morph ball and it just it it leads to like kind of frustrating fights where you're not able to turn to a morph ball fast enough you get beat up and then you kind of come back up in the morph ball because you can't do anything while you're in the yeah. morph ball form um, besides just making bombs on the ground but if it's like a flying enemy that's swooping down to you you have to really quickly stand back up shoot them go back down and it's just yeah there's not much uh, you know, like acrobatics you can do as Samus when there's like very mobile enemies mm-hmm. it's kind of frustrating yeah that's true yeah. Well, once, once you get the ice gun nothing moves you know what I'm saying yep <laughs> the ice gun is a very nice addition oh, I, I love the, gov- the gun improvements in oh that. yeah I just love yeah. each progression like oh yes I get yeah, the wave get I get the, 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 regular, yeah, the regular wave the laser yeah. double the laser spazzer. triple laser <laughs> the triple laser yeah the spazzer and then the spazzer yeah, the yeah. triple laser spazzer oh and then the super and then frost spazzer. that Woo. Ooh, child that was good stuff fun times yes I love it so combat I think it's it's good enough it's it's not there are some there are points that are not Fantastic, but I think that it it does what it needs to effectively enough. I do love that certain enemies that you actually have to like 
you know like um they're like their learning enemies like i think i think at the first you first the first few space pirates see the little alien guys shoot the laser whatever yeah you can kill them like really no problem but eventually you run into enemies where they can actually block your shots yeah and, yeah and then it forces you, you like praying mantis guy exactly yeah exactly it forces you to you know you got new mechanics now yeah. you use them and you then, figure you know, out what weapon is good exactly for what, for it guys. forces you to you know you got like i said you use your new weapons figure them out and take them it's not just like repeated bread and butter enemies over and over yeah. and over so we got, we got one last thing to talk about with regards to the game. We're going to get into it in the next section. It is, of course, the soundtrack. So before we start talking about the soundtrack, let's listen to the last couple of songs with uh, the Super Metroid songs from it. We're going to listen to Beckett 007 with the song Mother Brain Sweets, combination of Mother Brain, the opening, and theme of Super Metroid from back in 2008 off of OC Remix. After that, we'll listen to a brass version of a song from the original Metroid game, I believe, by the Mini Bosses. But we, of course, are Leg Radio. My name is Marmar the Midboss. This is Alex here with Son Kinchin as well. And don't forget to check out our social media websites. That is facebook.com slash lagliferadio, where you can hit the like button and you can get updated whenever we happen to post. We also have giveaways and original art content that I am producing, along with the help of a couple other people from time to time. Uh, I also have a personal Instagram you can check out, DJ Double Score Marmar. Double underscore. Double underscore, underscore, yeah, not double score. Double underscore Marmar. You can check that out. Uh, Follow me there. I update about just kind of like random life things and sometimes KUCI stuff related as well. So if you want a different look uh, into me behind the mic, then feel free to follow me there. Thank you again so, so much for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar at the Bin Boss. This is Alex Sonkinshin and Lag Life Radio. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar the Midboss here with Alex Sunkinshin, and we are Lag Radio. Just got done listening to two wonderful songs, our last two songs to play out the Metroid episode. Uh, most recent one was a brass kind of cover off of the album Brass by Mini Bosses. It was simply called Metroid. And uh, then before that one was the Mother Brain Suite by Beckett 007. It's a combination of three songs from the Super Metroid game, of course, uh, that we talked about already. Mother Brain of the opening and the theme of Super Metroid. We have one last section to discuss this evening before letting the rest of the night go to just chiptune music. Soundtrack. Soundtrack, soundtrack, soundtrack. Hit me. I've been talking about it throughout the whole episode. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty much. For the, like the fifth time, it just like the, the the quietness of it. I guess the Super Nintendo has a very quiet sound chip anyway, but the softness and quietness of it is done so effectively for at for its time that it's it's really effective at being cinematic, even though it's pretty lo-fi. Yeah, it's very good at setting the atmosphere too. Like, cause the like the law, like especially in like the the quiet areas, like especially like especially in the freaking There's a lot of broken... like sounds and like textures i guess you could say yeah, yeah, yeah. which aren't in a lot of so- like uh super nintendo music yeah definitely. they just use instruments but it has like sounds of animals and stuff and and i don't know atmospheric sounds atmospheric that's the best way to put it yeah, yeah. The, the, the tones and everything really set the atmosphere really well like i said you can actually like when you t- when you walk somewhere like in like a different map you can literally tell something's like going on like what i noticed too is that um the more mechanical the sounds like it sounds it's like the more safer it is which is kind of weird because um when you go into the save point in metroid it's just like just computer beepings like oh right 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 right. yeah yeah just computer beepings it's like kind of weird like it's supposed to be a safe haven but when you go back outside you're back in the wild the music's going off again and then the biggest transition i guess the best example for that would be in the uh, the broken ship 
And the broken ship, once you actually first walk in there, and it's just pure dark. It's like just pure, like yeah. ambient, creepy music sounds. You hear the freaking monsters running at you. But um, once you actually turn the power back on, you get like more synth, more metallic, you know, because it's like it's kind of more secure again. Yeah. So now you see, it's yeah, a like, lot of the music in the game that has a rhythm to it, exactly, would be ones that like, okay, everything's usually pretty smooth sailing. There's mm-hmm. not much of a threat, but anything that doesn't have a rhythm and it's mostly just ambient sounds, that's when it's like it builds the suspense. It's exactly, like some bosses mm-hmm. around the corner. I think it does it very effectively, especially mm-hmm. for the Super Nintendo. It does, yeah. The use of silence is an important part of it. That's something that you'll find in a lot of horror movies. If you can balance that quietness well with not even just like the quiet with really hard hitting bam like in your face to, to spook you sort of uh, sounds but just the balance of soft and nothing right. that's that's a real real good soundtrack and, and that's it's worth noting is. that this is the same composer through the entire series so he right. did the music for the original Metroid which had mm-hmm. just four channels of sound exactly. so it's even more limited and still even then like I'm trying to think of what, what area it is uh, there's an area in the NES one that emulates like bubbling sounds mm. for the Nintendo is very impressive. And so it's like, I don't know, the atmosphere that's carried on through that, especially Super Metroid. I think that's probably the best Metroid soundtrack, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, is just, yeah, it's it's so effective. It's done like I don't know, he's a legit good composer. Yeah, even he actually there's a little story that he's sometimes told about how he first came to the theme of Super Metroid while he was just kind of randomly riding his motorcycle through town and he just had to it just came to him like a spark of genius all the of a sudden. Is the theme to Metroid or Super, Super, Metroid? Super Metroid? What's the theme to Super Metroid? Because I think theme? it's the same as No, no, no. The the uh, the, the one for uh, regular Metroid is more like um more like calm me space like type but they're ish. but they're both do 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 it started like that but then um i think um, like, do, 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 yeah. do, do. like that yeah, i think yeah. that's in the original one so it's no, like no, no, the original like it goes like so i don't know what, what it goes it has like a few like wavy sounds. i got you i got you okay, here cool. we go here yeah, we go let's, mar- let's listen to this boss. in the background here, here we go was it the super one or the regular one this is for super okay super hold on we'll give you we'll give you a little bit more of this Like the title theme. So title. that is our title gotcha, theme. Gotcha. Yeah. Or not really title, because the title theme is the Metroid theme, but yeah. whatever that is, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yes. The intro theme. Yeah, so that came all to him while he was just randomly wow. riding his motorcycle and he just had to stop real quickly. He had to pull out a recorder, because of course in those days, in the early 90s, they didn't have their phones that they could just suddenly boop real quickly get a voice memo in. Had to pull those out a recorder. Composers had recorders that they yes. spent a lot of money on to oh, yes. save their ideas. And over the course of like 10 or 20 minutes, he just belted it all out just off the side of the road in Japan. This guy's looking at him like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> Little did he know. Brilliance. That's what Brilliance. was happening right there. Brilliance. Yep. Um, another thing that I really liked about it was the transitions between some of the areas, how it how it transitions specifically between Criteria and Brinstar when you're taking an elevator down. Oh, just like that's true. Oh, yeah. It's really The elevator well transition, done. music transitions are really yeah. good. Really yes, good. yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So overall, I think the soundtrack is just as, a, as much of a classic and a masterpiece as, as the game itself. They go really well hand in hand, and I think that together they produce such an iconic piece of art that yeah, yeah we just no, it's, 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 it is it's like a cinematic, cinematic. it's like a movie i mm-hmm. mean it is kind of based off of alien but like it's done so well 
in such a like I never really considered that with this game. Mm-hmm. It's been so long, ninety four, and it was enough to I don't know. It was very stand the test of time. Like, yeah. Yep. What I found interesting too is that um going through the whole concept of like loneliness and everything, where it's calm and ambient up atmosphere and all that stuff. What I found interesting is that the boss fights did the exact opposite. Oh yeah. Yeah. The oh, the, sure. the, the mini bosses were like you know they're like the back in your usual calm and you know moody atmosphere, but suddenly you get to like a actual big boss, it's like. Suddenly, percussions are everywhere. Things picking yeah, up. Door, 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 like it does it effectively yeah. like a movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, and yeah, in the yeah. top of it, you can finally get to actual. Without that music, like if there's, if you turn the music off of the game, I don't think the game would be. No, that no good exactly. At right. all. Right. Absolutely. And especially when you get to Mother Brain, that that theme is like ridiculously like horrifying. You're like, you know, something's wrong here. Yeah. And you know, it's like I said, it does good setting up that because like the whole game is like setting up like a moody so, like atmosphere, like you know, horrorish sci-fi atmosphere, and then like I said, boss fights happen and just throws out the window it's very jarring but it works it works it, really it, well it, yep. it unsettled it gets you unsettled like you get kind of tense but then once that happens then you're like oh okay i need to do something exactly something has yep. something yeah. has to get done it was, <laughs> it was it's a great piece of art and i'm i'm super super glad that we had you guys in here to cover it because yeah you guys were able to add a whole lot to to the whole the whole package so thank you for thank you for joining us. thanks for having me great to have you so all right so we have uh just a couple of minutes left we're going to get to the last couple of songs before we do though like I mentioned earlier, we have a giveaway. If you want to go and check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash radio, you can go and hit the like button on the page, comment on the post, and you'd be able to enter our giveaway into winning and a really, really sweet Etsy couple of products. If you'd like, you can choose which one you'd like, either a hair, uh, like a hair clip, like a plush hair clip uh, from the game Super Metroid, um, or a shot glass, whatever you're into. Hey, I mean, if you're of age, or maybe you want to just drink fruit juice out of it. I don't know. You do what you want. You know? Jello you shots. Live your, live your life. <laughs> jello shots without any sort of uh, adult beverages yeah. in them. <laughs> Who knows? Just make Metroid shots with jello. There whatever you, you go. like. So we like to support original art, and we also like to produce our own original art. So please check out our Facebook page to also see what I made for this week, which is Metroid cupcakes. Oh. They are mm-hmm. super cute. And you didn't bring any in the studio. How sorry, dare you. Sorry. I know. Sorry about that. Next time, guys. I'll bring. I'll I make hope Recorded a video of you eating them at least. <laughs> You'd better. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. And make it as sensual as possible. <laughs> so make sure you check out that Facebook page. Um, also check us out on Instagram at DJ double underscore Marmar is my personal Instagram. Check it me out there. Uh, Am I able to plug my show? Please, I, now, yeah, I go haven't for it. Show yet, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I also like host to... a show here on KUCI uh, yep. Tuesday nights, 10 p.m. Uh, called Palette Swapped. It does have like a game theme to it, even though I don't only play video game music. Um, but I am on his show for that reason. I do enjoy video games. I talk a lot about games and stuff. But uh, so if, yeah, yeah, yeah. Long running show, and he's he's uh, still oh, got it strong. Up to seven years now. Woo! Crazy stuff. Congrats to that. That's great. Uh, next week we're gonna be covering, of course, our next game. We wanted to do something a little bit more recently released. So just came out in the past couple of weeks. Thanks to E3, uh, the creators of the series, well, not series, but now series, Life is Strange. Uh, they're gonna be producing a second game in the franchise and leading up to it they produced a 100% free kind of not demo but it's a about an hour and a half two hours long experience to go through uh, it's free on ps4 xbox one and pc we're going to play through that we're going to talk about that and we're going to be playing of course plenty of other great music so uh, make sure you tune in next week for that join us play through the game and then we can discuss and you'll know what we're talking about as well so yes next week the awesome adventures of captain spirit episode four thank you again so so much for listening to kuci 88.9 fm in irvine this has been marmar the mid boss alex the alex 
and <laughs> Sun Kinshin of Lag Radio. Uh, enjoy our last song of the evening. It's a one that I think is very appropriate given what we've been uh, discussing this evening, Super Metroid. You you might get a feel for it. It's by Starving Gogo. It's called BTZP Building Tension Zio Porcone. Enjoy it. It's off of the Halloween release from Chiptunes Equals Wind, completely available free on Bandcamp. Again, thank you so much for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We will see you next week.